Imagine, a podcast series by Imagine Theatre. Hello again, I'm Martin Ballard and with just a few days left before Christmas, welcome to episode 44 of this podcast series from one of the UK's biggest producers of pantomime and children's theatre. For more information, go to their website at www.imagintheatre.co.uk. Now, you may remember last time I was joined by the actor, writer and director Christian Patterson, who has written three pantos for Imagine this year, but sadly won't be appearing in any because of filming commitments. Don't worry if you missed that or any of the previous episodes with creatives, actors or behind-the-scenes tours of Imagine Theatre because you can catch up with them all. They are all still available. And don't forget to subscribe to the series so that you don't miss out in the future. For the final episode before Christmas, we're going to have lots of special Christmas messages from the senior Imagine Theatre team. Hello there, I'm Steve Bowden, Managing Director at Imagine Theatre, and I'd like to take this opportunity of wishing all of our casts, crews, venue staff and audiences in Reading, Clandidno and Coventry a very Merry Christmas. And my favourite Christmas joke is, what do you call a dog magician? A labracadabrador. Merry Christmas, everyone. And I've been joined by a man who's done just about everything, from modelling and television and radio, game show hosting to I'm a Celebrity, Radio's One, Two, The One Show, The American Football Show, and many more. I'm told he even plays a bit of American football as well. Believe it or not, until this year, he'd never done panto before. He is, of course, Vernon Kay. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Let's start by talking about your childhood growing up in Bolton because you've done so many amazing things in what's been an incredible career so far. I just wonder if it was all planned. When you were at school, did you have a career in mind? No, goodness no. No, no, no. I was one of those kids at school that I guess you'd say rode the wave. (laughs) Uh, I was one of those kids who just kind of got on with it. Didn't moan, didn't complain. I loved school. Uh, I loved my friends, more importantly. And school was a a good place and a happy time for me. And I never really thought about the future, in inverted commas, as people say. And careers day, I just spent it in a place called Altham's Travel on Bolton Town Hall Square, just stacking brochures, holiday brochures. And it was the most boring thing ever. But I knew that that wasn't for me. And I knew it was just kind of a big box tick for the careers teacher at school. Because I was always told growing up that by my dad that I could always be a lorry driver. But I, I, I knew even then that that wasn't for me. I knew something... I always had this sixth sense that something different would happen. I knew I wouldn't be tapping keys. I knew I wouldn't be out um, in the field picking cabbages. <laughs> uh, I knew it wouldn't be kind of a, 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 a job that you would call an everyday job if there is such a thing. I just knew something different would happen. And when I got scouted the modelling thing, I knew it wasn't that. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel comfortable. It, it wasn't... It wasn't me. And then when I got asked to do a bit of television, that's when the kind of the light bulb illuminated above my head. And I thought, oh, this is it. This is the, the thing that I've been waiting for. And grabbed the opportunity with both hands and, and 25 years later, still, still cracking on. Hi, this is Laura, one of the associate producers at Imagine Theatre, and I'd like to take this opportunity of wishing our cast, crews, venue staff and audiences in Swansea, High Wycombe, Crewe and Swindon a really happy Christmas. And here goes my favourite joke. What do you call a reindeer wearing earmuffs? Anything you like, he can't hear you. (laughs) 
Merry Christmas, everyone. More of those Christmas messages to come and those terrible jokes as well, I have to say. But my guest for episode 44 of Just Imagine is Vernon Kay. And just going back to your childhood for a moment, Vernon, uh, do you remember going to see Panto as a child? Do you remember performing as a child in school shows, for instance? I did one school play. We did Guys and Dolls and I was Nicely Nicely Johnson. (laughs) Uh, And the lead role... Chris Walton, he couldn't sing, so I had to sing his songs as well. So we rewrote the script to make sure that I was on stage during uh, his big scenes and I would take over the vocals, which is quite funny. Uh, but uh, no, we never we never really did panto. Uh, we went to see like the high school panto and stuff like that in, in our local town, Horwich, in a near Bolton, just outside Bolton. But we never, we never made a, a thing of panto until... Tess and I had kids and then we've kind of been for the past 18 years I don't think we've missed one pantomime since the kids were born we absolutely love it and that's that's the main reason why I'm doing uh, Cinderella in Wickham is for the kids because Phoebe's 18 now Amber's 13 they're getting they're getting older uh, and I just thought this was kind of my last opportunity to to do panto whilst the kids are still into it before they go off to university the eldest one in particular in terms of being in an audience they say you know there are several different uh, levels of panto first of all you go as a kid and you'll enjoy it yourself um, and then you may go with friends and so on but it really comes to life again when you've got your own kids and you're sitting there and you probably especially when they're young spend as much time watching their reaction as you do the show don't you yeah definitely and i think you know pantomime is very clever in that it's a show that entertains every demographic you know, there's the, the the slight innuendo for the parents. It's a, a pantomime is very similar to The Simpsons. You know, The Simpsons is a cartoon which you think <laughs> appeals to the kids, but yet there's lots of in jokes in there which appeal to mum and dads. And for me, that's exactly what pantomime should be. It's a show that entertains everyone. You know, you don't want mum and dad sat there watching a show that's just for kids. You want mum and dad to be sat there waiting for the next, I guess adult joke that's going to come their way which the kids won't understand hopefully but yeah it's, it's just a lot of fun for me i absolutely love it i said all the various different things you've done in your career on tv and radio panto of course has that live element you've done pre-recorded stuff you've done live shows on tv and radio is is it that live experience that you enjoy the most absolutely yeah i think live telly gives you no excuses you know, if you've you've got to be perfect, uh, and I think Tess and Strictly Come Dancing is the perfect example of live television. You know, they're they're doing a two and a half hour show when everyone's in it at the start of Strictly Come Dancing, and it's flawless. You know, it, it, there's never any mistakes. There's never a big brouhaha, and even it's quite funny that you know someone trips up or someone gets a microphone caught in a tassel or something like that and it's a big deal (laughs) because we're not used to anything happening that could be deemed slightly negative on Strictly Come Dancing and and that's the joy of live television you you go you go from first gear to fifth gear in the click of a finger and that's why I love it because the adrenaline's pumping you know that if if god forbid you make a mistake touch wood uh you can't go back and you just got to plow through. But I always say you're only ever, you're only as good as your last link or your last item because that's the one that people remember. Uh, no one cares if you fluff a line these days. People fluff if the format falls down or anything, something like that. But overall, yeah, live radio, live television, uh, live sport, you can't beat it. I love it. 
it's Lou here from Imagine. Just dropping in uh, to say a happy Christmas to the cast, crew, venue staff and all of the audiences out there in Corby, Coventry, Halifax, Nantwich and Stafford. Have a fantastic Christmas and a happy new year. Mm, Let's have a think. How about a little joke for you all? What do you get when you cross a snowman with a shark? Frostbite, of course. See you. Now, Vernon, this is a busy time of year for you, of course. Strictly has a Christmas special. The series runs up to Christmas as well. So Tess is going to be pretty tied up. I guess for you, uh, again, one of the attractions of this panto is where it is because you can be at home. (laughs) It's literally 10 minutes away. Yeah, we live just on the outskirts of of High Wycombe. And uh, it really is a joy because I've spoken to some panto veterans like Shane Ritchie uh, and Andy Collins who's up at Aylesbury I've spoken to those guys and they're like you're going to be so happy that you're doing your local pantomime because you know a lot of people end up being residents in a, in a travel lodge or a holiday <laughs> inn or you know a premier inn uh, living the life of Alan Partridge I guess which isn't for me because I'd just go I'd be bouncing off the walls I'd just go mad uh, so I'm, I'm really glad and fortunate that I'm doing the Wickham one, which is just around the corner from where we are. And what do you think the kids are going to make of it, that, seeing their dad in a panto? Well, I, honest, this is no word of a lie, Martin. I thought at first that when I mentioned it to them, they'd be really embarrassed and they'd be like, no, 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 you can't do that, Dad. No, <laughs> we don't want you doing pantomime, especially in Wickham, because all our mates are going to see it. But after Tess and I had a chat, they overheard us talking in the kitchen and, and Phoebe, the eldest, said, are you talking about pantomime? And I said, yeah, I've been asked if I'd do it. And... At first she went, oh, no, you can't, don't do that, don't do that. And then she came back into the kitchen about two minutes later and went, Dad, you've got to do it. <laughs> so uh, that kind of, that was the uh, the key that locked the bolt on the door, I guess, for, for the uh, the uh, the decision to do pantomime was the kids want me to do it. And I think we've got a few dates where I think Phoebe's taking her sixth form mates, Amber's taking her schoolmates. I think we've got, we've got I think majority of the audiences will be full of family and friends my parents my dad's driving down doing three trips with uh, 10 plus people in a minibus from up north (laughs) like my aunties and my uncles and cousins and all that kind of stuff so yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah, you can take the boy out of Bolton, but you can't take the Bolton out of the boy, oh, we can travel you? well. We travel well, the one. That's why we're called the Wanderers. You know, we travel well. <laughs> you mentioned sport. Um, uh, yeah, I did say at the very beginning, you, you did. I, I don't know if you still do, but you did certainly play a bit of American football, didn't you? Yeah, I, I played American football. I started playing in 1987, I think it was. I got into the game in 85, and it was just something different because I got bored. I can't stand cricket, like, and being from uh, Bolton and my school they were obsessed by cricket and I hated cricket because I was no good at batting and I was no good at bowling so I ended up being one of the kids who sat on the boundary just making daisy chains and (laughs) it kind of it mentally scarred me so every time I see cricket on television it's only on our television for literally two minutes uh, because I can't stand it because I'm like what a waste of my youth in PE and games just sat on the boundary doing nothing whilst everyone else bowled and batted so I got into American football because, you know, I was, I was bored of Saturday morning football. I was bored of, of kind of cross country. And I just, I just found this sport called American football on Channel 4, which was on either after or before the Wonder Years with Winnie Cooper and Kevin Arnold. And I got obsessed by it, literally obsessed by it. And I learned the rules very quickly. I learned the players very quickly. I had posters all over my bedroom walls. And I played for the Manchester All-Stars from 87 to 91. 
and I played four seasons for the London Warriors, a team down in Crystal Palace. And we won two national championships and we lost two national championships. But since I left, the team has gone on to uh, success after success after success. You, you've had a film career, you've done some movies as well, but you actually co-hosted a series in the United States as well, Skating with the Stars, which is... I guess like dancing on ice in this country and that live sort of situation rather like Strictly. How much fun was that? Yeah, I did three network shows in America. I did two for NBC and one for ABC, I think. I'm kind of the master of one series when it comes to broadcast entertainment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, America was a, a whole different ball game. I don't have any regrets. I, I have no regrets whatsoever. But that's the one thing that I would love to do again and try again is go back to America, knowing, only because knowing now what I didn't know then, uh, I'd approach it completely different. I would take a British team of kind of execs, producers, writers, assistants, because everyone in America has an assistant. I had an American assistant who didn't know me. I didn't know the producers. I didn't know the writers. So it was kind of, I was kind of, I guess, the wonky cog in the machine because everyone else was American and I was English and we do work differently. We do have a different work ethic. Uh, we do approach things differently. Obviously, we have a different sense of humour, so that has to be written into the script. And I enjoyed it, absolutely loved it. And it's the, it's three experiences which I would never trade in, but I would do again if possible. What did they make of the Bolton accent? I had elocution lessons. No. Yeah, yeah, I had elocution lessons for all three shows in America. And basically I thought, you know what, sod this. I'm just going to do an impression of Roger Moore. So that's all I did. <laughs> good evening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, a good friend of mine, Arlo White, actually presented quite a lot of uh, American... He's doing really well, isn't he, over he, there? He is the doing really well. But it's a great opportunity as well, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was a fab opportunity. One, uh, like I said, that I, I absolutely loved looking back but at the time it was quite it was, I guess looking back if you were if I were to sit on the shrink's sofa I guess it was quite a lonely time because I was there on my own for two of the shows so I was kind of learning on my own I didn't my agent didn't come with me I didn't have any friends out in LA until I made friends and then it it, it kind of it eased the loneliness eased a little bit but it was it was quite high pressure because I think at the time I think there was only Cat Dealey who had done, mm. who had gone to America and been successful. Obviously, Simon Cowell was a judge, but that's different to Halston. Uh, and Anton Deck had tried it, and a few other people had tried it, but not actually got a show. So I was quite fortunate, looking back, that I did that they hired me for three, which was amazing. But yeah, it, it's the one thing that I'd love to try again. Hello, I'm Eric Potts, artistic director of Imagine Theatre. And I'd like to take this opportunity of wishing our casts, crews, venue staff and audiences in Inverness, Kilmarnock, Halifax and Hayes a very Merry Christmas. And my favourite joke is, where do you weigh a whale? At a railway station. <laughs> Of course, I'm a celebrity's back, and um, that was quite an experience as well. Um, hopefully, Panto won't be uh, quite as grueling as uh, eating bugs and stuff like that. But well, you uh, say that there is a lot of <laughs> audience participation, so maybe I won't be eating the bugs, but maybe someone else will. Again, the diversity of work that you've done in your career so far is absolutely incredible. So I get the impression that a you're a workaholic, and b you like a new challenge, and that's what Panto is this year, isn't it? Yeah, I think. 
it's I've, I follow my dad's work ethic because my dad always told us, me and my brother, when we were young, that you you only get when you when you work hard. No one's going to give you anything, uh, and I think that's that's so true, especially in this day and age, this digital world that we live in, where kids think it's so simple to to stand around and and talk about non nothing and make a living from it. Uh, but I think pounding the streets, I. I Pounded the streets as a model, going walking around London with my book, uh, TV. I said yes to every single gig uh, when I started telly. And I think I missed a few anniversaries because of looking back, silly little jobs. I think I missed our first wedding anniversary because I was interviewing Steps at the NEC, which didn't go down very well. Uh, so, But yeah, I've always kind of, because it's a, you know, it's a very fickle industry. And once you're through the door, it, it gets more difficult. Uh, to kind of maintain a presence in any form of, of broadcast media. So I think you've kind of, I think you've got to be true to yourself and you've got to work hard. I think once you start playing a character or being someone that you're not, you find it difficult to maintain that persona and the audience find it difficult to relate to you. Uh, I think you've just got to be honest as well. You know, everyone knows that I used to be a caretaker, a cleaner. Uh, I used to clean telephone boxes. Used to work at a DIY shop. Son of a trucker. I think everyone knows at least one name of my parents. So yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think it's yeah, hard work pays off. Obviously, all the comet relief stuff that you've done over the years as well. Um, the Formula E um, and American football stuff for television and sports a key theme in your life, I think, isn't it? You mentioned Bolton Wanderers already, the American football and, and stuff like that. Sport's one of your passions, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think to have outside interests is is really important, you know, because life life passes you by at the click of a finger. I mean, we live in, a, in such a fast-paced world these days that I think you need to stop and do something for yourself, be it fitness, be it, you know, a fan of something. Uh, and, you know, sport's never off the telly in our house. I, I love the American football. Uh, I watch a bit of Premier League, even though Bolton Wanderers haven't been in there for a while. I went Actually, I went last game I saw the Wanderers was at uh, Wickham, so that was quite nice. We lost, but still, <laughs> nice to see the Boltonians. Yeah, and, and, and I, th- I think I encourage the kids to, to play as much sports as possible, but having two daughters, it's not really their thing. They're more into fashion and drama and music and singing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think sports played a pivotal role in, in me growing up. And radio, obviously, again, a completely different discipline. You know, an awful lot of uh, radio, Radio X, I didn't mention, but Radio's 1 and 2, Radio 2 uh, quite recently as well. So, um, again, that's something completely different. Is that refreshing to do stuff that is so different? Yeah, because you never get bored. You know, they say that variety is the spice of life, and I really I really uh, agree with that, you know, because I I, I don't think I've, I've had a 9 to 5 since I was stacking shelves at Tesco's. Everything has been kind of seat of your pants really and some people find that quite difficult but I think being freelance and not knowing what's next suits me because it kind of spurs me on uh, spurs on that drive to kind of go get I guess I think the radio is a completely different discipline but equally as enjoyable as, as, as broadcast telly because you get the opportunity to tell stories and anecdotes because there's not necessarily a script in radio you just kind of put the microphone up and and you be yourself and for people to allow you into their front rooms, their cars, their workplaces, whilst uh, whilst they're busy, and you telling stories about 
sometimes absolute nonsense it's it's you've got to be really grateful that people give you access into their lives yeah and rather like panto a bit more than telly perhaps certainly with live radio you've got that interaction with the audience haven't you yeah you do you really do uh because when you're watching telly you have to be stationary with the remote in your hand when you're listening to radio you can be doing absolutely anything you know, you, you can be climbing a mountain, you can be driving a car, you can be at work, you can be with the kids, you can be in a nursery, you can, you know, you can be absolutely anywhere because radio is, that's the beauty of that medium. And uh, I think you it teaches you to tell stories, it teaches you to not forget the intricate details of storytelling. Uh, and I had the best boss when I joined Radio 1. He said, all I want you to do is go out, live the life of the listener and explain what you did. Tell stories. Tell stories and, and make the, the airways really colourful and bright and, and, and fruitful with, with details. And I think that's what radio allows you to do is, is instead of having a pub conversation, you kind of, you're constantly painting pictures. So when you're describing something, you would kind of you would add in a couple of extra sentences which would allow people to understand what the room was like or what the beer tasted like or the smell in the air. Do you know what I mean? Those mm. kind of narratives. Hi, I'm Sarah Bowden, Business Director of Imagine Theatre, and I'd like to take this opportunity of wishing our casts, crew, venue staff and audiences in Falkirk, Glenrothes and Hastings a very Merry Christmas. Well, my favourite joke of all time is... What do you call a three-legged donkey? It's a wonky! <laughs> Happy Christmas! So what do you like most about Panto then? And what are you particularly excited about when it comes to appearing in Panto? Well, we've already talked about the live element. That's what I'm really looking forward to. I've never done anything where I've had to learn a script. And people say to me, yeah, but the script is only loose. The story is only loose. You can ad lib and have fun with Panto. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting into the rehearsal room. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, hopefully, smiling faces. Uh, uh, I'm hope I'm looking forward to basically everything, you know, the rustling of sweets and uh, someone sneezing or coughing and all that kind of stuff whilst we're performing. Uh, things going wrong. I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, just the whole package because I've never done it before. So it's I'm kind of I feel like I'm treading on thin ice. But I'm really looking forward to, to getting stuck in. The great thing about Panto is it has always and will always bring people together as performers from all different areas of the entertainment business, whether they be comedians, jugglers, dancers, you know, television hosts, radio presenters, whatever they might be. And that's one of the joys of Panto for me. It, it just brings the whole industry together and gives all those people that are involved, a showcase for their skills. And I think that's the beauty of Panto, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a really good cast. You know, a lot of, of the uh, performers have been in the West End. A lot of them have worked consistently in theatres up and down the country. The Baroness is fantastic. The Ugly Sisters are absolutely awesome. One from Essex, one from Liverpool. So obviously we'll be questioning who their father was. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm Dan Dini. Cinderella is fabulous. Cinderella actually looks like Cinderella, which is quite scary. She looks like a, a Disney princess. Our our prince is really handsome. Buttons is very very funny. Uh, been on Britain's Got Talent, a magician, a comedic ma magician. So yeah, there's a wealth of talent everywhere, and it's going to be mega. Is it something that? Tess might consider do you think it depends how I do <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah it depends how I do I, I think it's something that we've talked about and it's something that 
she, uh, Tessie's actually a really good actress. She did a SMTV back in the day, and we, mm. and we show the kids some of the sketches that she did, and she was brilliant on it. So yeah, mate, you never say never. You know, I I was always like, oh, I'll never do panto, and then the, when the kids said, oh, we want you to do panto, I was like, oh, okay, then yeah, I'll have a bit of that, no problem. Okay, never say never. So if Tess might do panto, would you ever do Strictly as a dancer? I would consider it if they asked me. I've never been asked, and people say, oh, why have you not done Strictly? I'm like, well, I've never been asked. Simple as that. And if they asked me, I would consider it because I think learning a new skill, I think is, you know, I'm nearly 50 for crying out loud. So the more opportunity you get to learn new stuff, the more it makes life exciting, I guess. Well, listen, I know you'll have an absolutely fabulous time. This will be the first of many pantos for Vernon Kay. I'm absolutely sure of that. Have a great Christmas. Have a great run. And thank you so much for talking to us. Cheers, pal. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And just before we finish, I'd like to wish the imagined casts, crews, venue staff and audiences in Leamington, Porthcawl, Rotherham and, of course, in Leicester, where I sadly won't be with you this Christmas, a very Merry Christmas and a great run. And I'm afraid that's it for another episode. In fact, that's it for 2022. Whatever you do, don't forget to subscribe to the series to catch up with any episodes you've missed so far and make sure you don't miss out in the future. And finally, on behalf of the entire Imagine Theatre team, I'd like to wish once again all of the companies in theatres across England, Scotland and Wales a fabulous season. And thank you to you for supporting this podcast and all of the Imagine shows. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, the theatre staff and audiences wherever you are. I'll see you in 2023. In the meantime, have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of Just Imagine, the podcast series from Imagine Theatre. And you can find out more by going to www.imagintheatre.co.uk. 